Welcome to the Pink Cloud 9 Vodcast. I am so excited to introduce our guest for the day. But before we do that, let's do a little promo to figure out what is Pink Cloud 9 Vodcast really truly about. Now it's um, going to start here and it's only 45 seconds. So hang tight. And that's enough about me. I have a wonderful, amazing, beautiful second time, like I said, on the show. She had so much fun the first time. She had to come back the second time. So welcome, welcome, author Elisabetta Panzica. Hey, girl. How's it going? Thank you. Perfect. Perfecto. Now, today, I am going to be Okay, so real quick, there is a comment that says, Good afternoon, and thank you so much, Facebook user. Good afternoon. Please enjoy the reading. Thank you. So chapter one, the ancient future. In the time before, we had flying machines and things that took us places on four wheels. We had homes that spoke and giant screens that played stories. And everyone had a tiny box inside their pocket to talk to each other with, learn, and play games. The box did everything. It had more knowledge inside of it than all our books combined. We had lost these things. Grandmother tells me about them in her stories. She says, I was only two at the time of the Great Fall. The Golden Land fell first, located along the Pacific Ocean, and then the places along the eastern coast. Mm. There was no respect for the interdependent web of existence. No one cared about nature until it was too late. Mm. And so we've become caretakers of the Earth Mother. Mm -hmm. My brothers and I are part of the lost tribe. We can trace our bloodlines to the first Lemurians who in ancient times boasted a grand empire. We are descendants of the survivors who chose to remain on the surface. And when the rains, when the rains came, and took, that took so many of Earth's countries and people. They call me Dancing Butterfly. When my mother was alive, she used to tell me that I was born dancing. It always made me smile. 
She said I could never stay still, that I had wings and that I would fly one day. I miss her. I live with my grandmother Miyaka, granduncle and brothers, spirit wolf and dragon feather. My grandmother and granduncle are keepers of the light. Today is the Lionsgate celebration. Last night, grandmother read to the village children and showed them the constellations in the night sky. It was early August when the sun and Leo aligned with the series, producing high-frequency energy enough to activate the lion portal. It means new opportunities are coming to our people and dramatic new beginnings. It happens every year on the eighth day of the eighth month. For all of our celebrations and rituals, grandmother takes us to the town square where the sundial is. I love it there. I am of the age when I can walk into the courtyard alone without a watcher, but I like her to come with me. It is part of our nightly ritual. Today, my brothers and I have been preparing for the ritual. We take clearing tools with us to the square, dried herbs, sticks, incense, and bells. We also bring our crystals to infuse and to draw energy from. Today, Spirit Wolf and his peers will become temple masters if they pass all their trials and tests. They will receive their ceremonial robes and stoles. There are many of us here from many places, different earth tribes. The ceremony is observed by the fire pit. It is where the elders tell stories of the time before. Sometimes I wish I was part of that world, but then I look at my own life now. We are all cultures come together intrigued and captivated by our diversity, our uniqueness. We find beauty in everything and we draw strength from each other, from our community. We also know that the fragmented states do not contain villages like ours. There are still places of discord throughout. There are many angry tribes still roaming, the yellow hair tribe, the spotted bear, and many more. We are fortunate here to live as we do. Lionsgate is our village, named after the Lionsgate portal, birthed out of destruction into something beautiful. Grandmother tells us, that on the first celebration, the Earth Mother was both uncomfortable and excited. She was resting in the in-between of infinity of the two numbers, the two symbols, eight, eight. Today is a day of manifestation. Some say it's the luckiest day of the year. We are birthing our new tomorrows, reimagining a new world. We are the ones in the in-between now, not yet ripe, and no longer part of the world that was. We are citizens of the earth, and we come to light the fires of a new world. I remember, I don't remember all that was, <laughs> but I am happy here in this place as the lion's gate swings open and the celebration begins. Wow. And that's the end of chapter one for the young adult novel. <laughs> and now, We'll delve in a children's story, and this is for 8 to 11. And this is called The Tale of Barton Bean. The first chapter is written in first person. The rest of the book is in third. And so the tale of Barton Bean begins for all young mothers out there and fathers who have young children. Barton Bean had a secret, and I was the only one that knew. My name is Alana, and I live on a bean farm. Barton Bean is my best friend. 
when I met Barton, I was eight years old, and he was two. My family and I had just moved to New Mexico. Before that, we lived in Sonora, Mexico. Sonora is one of Mexico's most prominent states and is cradled by the Sea of Cortez. It was hard to leave my friends and family behind. Mama had a teaching degree in Mexico, but she couldn't music here. It was really hard for us at first. Then Papa started growing beans again. He was a farmer. That's what he knew. We bought a small farm in Estancia, New Mexico. Barton lived next door. He is the reason for the story. The way I remember it, <coughs> Barton Bean seemed like an ordinary boy. He had thick, wavy red hair and tiny brown dots that decorated the top of his nose. He wore overalls, a white cotton shirt underneath, and an orange poncho with green and blue stripes. He wore it even when it wasn't cold. Barton lived on a farm with Mr. and Mrs. Pogs, who were too old to do anything themselves. Barton was a godsend to them, Mama said. They found him on their doorstep six years ago, wrapped in a blanket woven of reeds and grass, shivering, wearing nothing but a thin linen robe. Mrs. Pogs brought him in because it was the right thing to do. She gave him a home. He was about to move, and that, that's what everyone figured. No one knew for sure. Barton was different. He never quite fit in. But I liked him anyway. I liked him a lot. At school, he had friends, but he wasn't popular. No one ever picked him to be on their team when we played ball or anything. Mama says that each and every person is important. And I believe that. Barton was as important as anyone else and just as good. I always picked him. The first time I met Barton was in the fields. I was milking Miss Bessie Jane, our cow, when Papa asked me to buy some worms from the worm farm next door. Papa used worms to create, to create better drainage and more stable soil structure, which helped our farm's productivity. Do you want them? Barton held up a handful of worms. They crawled up his arms and around his wrists. I wasn't very fond of worms, but I held out my bucket. Yes, please, I said, taking two steps back and squeezing my eyes. The worms fell to the ground and all over my feet. I screamed, get them off, get them off. Barton laughed, and it made me mad, although it was my fault for having moved while he was dumping worms into my bucket. I'll put them in for you, he said, and he did. He even covered the top with a netted cloth. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have laughed, but it was funny, he said. He seemed sincere. I liked him right away. He had large chocolate brown eyes like Mama had, kind eyes that twinkled when he spoke. We talked for a long time. He told me that before he came to live at the Potts farm, he lived with the gnomes. I believed him because I, I've seen gnomes too. There's a family of them that live underneath our apple tree. Barton knew them first. He knew all the gnomes that lived in the bean lands. Underfoot had fostered him for two years. He held a high place in the king's court. King Wigglefleet had made him an elder of the gnomes of Ness. The gnomes were quirky, some of them even snooty. The men wore red hats, and their outfits ranged from purple to yellow and everything in between. They often decorated their outfits with small jewels. The women wore hats that they wove out of fresh grass and skirts 
of every shade, often mixing three or four colors together, even if they didn't match. They reminded me of gypsies. They wore thick belts and long blouses with billowing sleeves. New Mexico was filled with magic. The nest farm was one such place. It had wide open spaces and fields that went on forever. Papa bought the nest farm because of the stories and the legends that enveloped it. He said it had character and history. I liked that. In the summer when school was out, I liked to go out on the farm and watch the gnomes go about their business. I learned that every tree, plant, and flower had a name, and that the gnomes knew each one by heart. They nourished each blade of grass with the greatest of care, helped the flowers grow, and kept watch over creatures, great and small. I helped them. They taught us how to see so that we could see their world as plainly as we saw our own. Cool. It was oh. kind of... It was kind of like El Dia de los Muertos when our dead ancestors and loved ones come to visit our world from the other side. We put flowers and food for them so they can find their way to us. Likewise, the gnomes left a trail of clues so we could see them and visit their worlds. Cool deal. The All right. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but, you know, um, I you told me to. At a certain time. Yeah, you told me to. I feel bad about it, but... Get the book this December. Yeah. Um, this holiday season is coming out after Christmas Day. Wow. Thank you, everyone. That is so exciting. Um, So your uh, website is in the description. So if you guys want to purchase any of uh, Elizabeth Panzica's books... It's in the website, and you can uh, get a hold of her um, through the website, or, you know, sometimes authors don't mind if you send them a message on their... You have a Facebook page, correct? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. Awesome. And um, the the children's one, the children's book, is it out now, or does it have a release date? The children's book has a release date. It will be out in December. Gotcha. I'm thinking about December twenty fourth to twenty fifth. Right. Okay. And then and then the uh, the adult one is coming out November around Thanksgiving. Okay. Thanksgiving. That is so cool. So it's gonna be like you know launch after launch, <laughs> and it's gonna yeah. be perfect for the holiday. So you can. Purchase it for your for your grandkids, kids, sister, brother, mother, you know, anybody, right? Yeah, so you got the best of both worlds. You got the adult book and then you got the children's. And I, and I loved you, and Barton Bean was one of the funnest books to write. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. I'm glad that you had so much fun. Thank you so much, Elisabetta, for being here again and for reading to us your amazing books. I'm so excited uh, for your launches. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of the day and weekend. Mwah.